Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. The Last Kids on Earth and their superhero alter egos are back in the latest installment of the graphic novel spinoff series, The Last Comics on Earth, Too Many Villains. Jack, June, Quint, and Dirk face their biggest challenge yet, creating the sequel to their hit graphic novel in a mad dash, puzzle-filled race across Apocalyptia to stop the biggest evil plan in history. Hey, you know what the creators of Last Comics on Earth's evil plan is? Make me and my kids love these books. Seriously, my younger kid is a huge fan of both the Last Kid series and the Last Comic series. It's true. And now I'm hooked too. The whole team has created a delightful cast of characters with some fantastic kid-friendly art throughout that will appeal to readers of all ages. Buy your copy of The Last Comics on Earth in stores today. You can also visit lastkidsonearth.com to learn more. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Hey everybody, welcome to The Stack. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And on The Stack, we talk about a bunch of comic books that have uh, come out today and a couple of advanced comic books sometimes because we like to sneak a little peek. Oh, some freshies from down the line. Some that- future little babies <laughs> coming into the Ur world. Ooh, doggy. Oh, doggy. Pete, you're going to say something funny now? Freshies. <laughs> is it a boy? Is it a girl? Is it a comic we like? Is it a comic we medium like? I don't know. We're going to find out. We're going to rate them on a scale of doneness. That's what we do every show. Let's jump into it with a new comic from Marvel Comics. That's a little bit of a throwback, a little bit of an old comic. Not so much a freshie as an oldie and a goodie. Yeah. Symbiote Spider-Man number one. This is from Grentland. This is from Peter David. This is taking place in the few weeks where Peter Parker had the symbiote suit. Symbi- symbiote? Uh, symbiote. Symbiote? That's what I say. I don't know. I like to say it like, uh, what's her name? Uh, Jenny Slate in the first trailer for Venom. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's, that's definitely what... <laughs> the most canon thing you can do is anything from the first Venom trailer. Is right. before, they, before they cut out those scenes and relooped her dialogue so she pronounced it the right way. Yeah. I like to stick with that. It's amazing how that got released. <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of crazy. So this is a throwback comic. This is pinning Mysterio against Spider-Man back in the day. He's dating Black Cat at the time. Uh, he hasn't realized yet that the symbiote is an evil alien who's trying to take over his psyche, but it's certainly slowly influencing some things on him. What do you guys think about this book? I think this is great. Really? I really love the uh, getting into the slice of life from back in the day, and it's fun. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's a, a throwback to... Uh, it's a little closer to the comics, the Spider-Man we were reading maybe when we first started reading comics in the mid-'90s. Um, so I liked that, and it feels very authentically from that time. Uh, I agree. I mean, other than the gland art, of course, which is yes. very updated, I do think... Uh, you know, you get Peter David writing a lot of very winky stuff throughout there yes. about the time, which is fun, but it's enjoyable. You know, it, I I went into this being like, okay, 
there's so much Venom stuff going on right now. How yeah. is this going to matter? How is this going to impact the overall gigantic Venom carnage storyline that's going on in any way? The answer is it doesn't at all. But in Which fact, I think is a great choice. It's a great choice, and it's a good Mysterio story as yeah. well. It hits him as a good time in his development, and I like that quite a bit. How'd you feel about it, Pete? Uh, uh, I was a big fan of uh, Spider-Man when he became kind of... Uh, darker with the symbiote where he wasn't making jokes and where he was a little bit more badass. But we don't have this here. He's still quipping, which I don't enjoy as much. Whipping and quipping. Yeah. And so, uh, I don't know. To me, this was uh, not as enjoyable. I like the Mysterio stuff. Uh, But, yeah. um, I mean, it's nostalgic. You got the Twin Towers there. Uh, That was touching. But, uh, yeah. I don't know, man. It didn't... I yeah, I kept trying to get into it. <laughs> cool, that's not the word I'd use. But. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. I mean, it's the word you use. Yeah, that's yeah. good. That's yeah. how you're different. Yes. Uh, one of you is a freshie, one of you is an oldie. <laughs> yep. Not sure you're both oldies. Um, I, what I love in this especially is the Peter Parker-Felicia Hardy relationship. Yes. I love it. Of course it. you love it. I love Of course it. you do. I, what? I love love. I love relationships, oh Pete. Oh, my God. Uh, what, why don't you love relationships? Yeah, why are you so why, against why, the why, What's your deal? Yeah, what's know, going man. on with you, Pete? Maybe I'm just cold-hearted. Maybe. Oh, cold-hearted <laughs> snake. He <laughs> don't play by I'm rules. <laughs> we, we were singing different parts That's of the song. That could be, but we, we both know the song. <laughs> yes, we do. He's <laughs> been telling lies. He's a lover boy at play. Yeah. Wow, wow. you know way more of uh, that yeah, than I do. Yeah. Let's move on to a Boob Studios book. I'm sure you guys Before are you not... Want to do you think I sang that too closely to the original that we're going to get sued? That's going to pop up on the Right? Yeah, uh, no, I think I did about I did, did a full you song. Did, you did, did it like uh, two or three minutes. Four I minutes. Think. Yeah. yeah. Cool. We're going to move on to a Boom Studios book. I'm sure you guys aren't going to razz me about it all. Let's talk about Faithless. <laughs> Number one this is from a writer, Brian Azzarello. It is art by Maria Lovett. The idea of the book that doesn't come immediately apparent until the end, uh, there is a woman living in uh, some city, and mm-hmm. she is playing around with drawing some magic signs. Uh, she ends up meeting up with this other woman. They go on a... Long, almost pseudo date throughout the city. It turns into a little bit of a real date, and then some fucked up shit happens at the end. I thought this book was really good, particularly because of the art. Like, I think Maria Lovett's art, the way that she draws the characters, is very interesting. Yeah, the characters. You like the way they draw the characters? All right, shut up, dude. Uh, the Brian Azarella's writing as well. He makes these very interesting, like they're not they're not immediately engaging types or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, so you get to know them a little better, and I don't really know anything about this world or what's going to happen going forward, uh, but certainly with that last page, which is super upsetting, I'm curious to see where this title goes going forward. Uh, let's have Pete take a first crack. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah? Right, well, first off, this is a fucked up book. Uh, well, first, I want to say Brian Azzarello, amazing uh, a writer, uh, yeah. fan, uh, friend of the show. Uh, of the show. We went on a cruise with him Yeah, for a we while. hung out with him. He's great. Dude, uh, he likes to write some fucked up shit. Um, no, no, hold on a second, though. This isn't fucked up. This is no, just, it's not. Uh, there's oh, just oh, 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 I beg to differ. There's just sex okay. in it. No, well, sure, there is sex the in it. The very idea not... of human beings engaging in sexual congress what is I'm disturbing talking... and disgusting to Puritan Pete LePage. <laughs> what I'm again. talking about is the fact that... For those of you listening at home, there are several people being burned at the stake behind Pete yeah, right exactly. now. Please continue. 
Okay, so if you're going out with a date with somebody and they're like really chill and like whatever, and then you see them like break up with their boyfriend in front of you and then watch that boyfriend on the news jump off a building and kill themselves, the fact that uh, that person is not affected by that at all is fucked up. And the fact that they continue to make out and have a date after that is really fucked up. Well, I think that's part of the point of the issue. So the story feels like, um, the, the woman, uh, the main character, Faith, um, she is masturbating at the top of the book and she can't have an orgasm. Then at the end, she goes on this date and this uh, we cut to her like having her orgasm and then revealing that it's just a pile of maggots, basically, right. giving her... But who that hasn't her been come. in that situation, right? Yeah, like, I've you're hooked, hooking up with somebody, they're going down on you, suddenly they're a pile of maggots. I've hooked up with a, a hundred maggots in my time at once. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, you, you, it just happens. You're out I late. actually, I dated a pile of maggots for, like, six months. I She was great. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you <laughs> very much. You I still, we still talk sometimes on it, Facebook. It's a cute nickname. We're Facebook friends. Uh, but I think the point is, uh, to your point, like, uh, it's about hell. Pile and of being maggots an, don't have feelings. Is that what you're saying? I think no. I no. I think they do have feelings, and okay. they can make feelings in your body. Your body. <laughs> uh, I think the point is, it's going to be. I feel like this book is about some sort of like uh, touching a hellscape uh, through. I believe sex, at least based on what we've seen in this issue. What I like about this issue is it has such a light hand, like you're saying, with the characters, and sort of we just get to watch them as opposed to being like. Here, I am this type of person. It's sort of yep. like very, you ease into it. And I thought the last page reveal was great. Yeah. Oh, very upsetting imagery. Yeah. Uh, it reminds me a little bit, the art is very different and the writing is very different, but it reminds me a little bit of what um, uh, Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips did in, what was the Lovecraft book that they did? Uh, Fatal. Fatal, where it was the same sort of thing where you dive into these characters, you'd spend time with them, and then something very upsetting would happen, usually right towards the end. Yeah. So just in terms of that structure. But otherwise, uh, it, it's great. It's really good. I think the art's amazing. It's just hard to get behind a character who... I don't know where she stands or what but she's I about. I don't think you're meant to be behind her. I think she's like a question mark. The character you're behind is Faith, who's like trying to figure shit out. Is that the pile of magnet uh, maggots? Yeah, I, I think I think we're going to see the pile of maggots behind her next issue. I like you said pile of magnets. Now that's oh. a character Whoa. I'd like to see. Yeah, I, I also... Yeah, I mean, she's... Uh, Straight up robbing people on the street just to continue a date. I mean, it was a con. Sure. Cool. Wow. Very (laughs) judgmental of a man who likes the Punisher no matter what the fuck he does. All right. Let's watch another one. The Batman Who Laughs, number four from DC Comics. We've been loving the series from Scott Snyder and Jock taking the most evil Batman in the multiverse pitting him against our Batman. When we last left our Batman, he had essentially given in to the Batman who laughs, letting himself become Jokerized so that he could understand where the Batman who laughs is coming from. And this issue, we're dealing with the fallout from that. What'd you think? This is fucked up, man. This is real <laughs> fucked up. I mean, you're having a hard week. Also, remember to talk into your microphone. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there were some cool moments in this, especially where uh, Batman was uh, beating uh, the bad uh, Batman with his own visor. I thought that was a great moment. But it's hard t- to know who we're rooting for or what's going on in this book. Uh, there's so many Batman. There's so many different uh, fucked up angles that we're kind of coming from. 
I, I I love the art. I love the story, but it's I'm having a tough time kind of following what's going on. I know there's a lot of fucked up shit going on. Yeah. I just don't know who's who and who I'm rooting for. Because our Batman, potentially our Batman, is becoming a Batman who laughs. A second laugher. Right. Right. Uh, Which then, then who's I laughing? get lost. Yeah, who's I, laughing at who? Okay. But who's, <laughs> who's the good guy, then? Who's funny? Batman. I, I'm just going to throw it out there. I think Batman is probably the good guy. I mean, a more, yeah, you get more it, laughing Batman is the better, you yeah. know? Have you? a little fun, you know? Yeah. So one interesting thing that we do find out in this issue is we finally find out what is up with the Batman who laughs spiky visor. And essentially, yeah, which was a, finally a good reveal. Yes. Because I was like, we need to know what this thing is. Yes. Uh, so it's basically like a pinhole viewer to uh, when you're looking at Eclipse. It's for looking at the dark multiverse and being able to see that Bauer Batman ends up using that against the Batman who laughs. Uh, there's uh, every issue of this ends with a very intense cliffhanger, which yeah. I like quite a bit. They're ratcheting up the tension immeasurably. Uh, we don't know exactly how this is going to end or what's going to happen, but certainly it seems like the evil Batman have the upper hand. Well, and I like that, uh, to Pete's point, like it's hard to tell who's who, and we were watching our Batman descend into madness, um, and that's good. I think that's a good story. That whole thing about like seeing things through my son's eyes, that was creepy as fuck. Which is cool. This is a creepy book. Yeah. yeah. And your... the hounds is creepy. Oh, I mean, man, every... that was very upsetting. There's these... Yeah. Hound Robins, who end up, uh, they were from the Dark Knights crossover. They end up attacking and chasing down Commissioner Gordon. Oh, man, I hated that. Very upsetting. Yeah. But in the right way. Like, I understand what you're saying, but it's supposed to make you feel those things. I really like the scene that uh, Batman has with Joker, where they're just talking and sort of hanging out like buddies. The way that Scott Snyder writes the Batman-Joker relationship is like no other writer, and I love it. Like, he has figured out this way of making them relate to each other that yeah. feels true to the characters, but gives it new dimensions and new feels. Creeps me out. It creeps me out. Man. But it, yeah. it's supposed to. Again, it's supposed to. Yeah. Moving on to another book, Fair Lady, number one. This is a new comic uh, about a woman who is not exactly a detective. Like, I don't know. Uh, what would you call her? Um, uh, an investigator? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. She's not exactly an she, investigator. Like, like she solves kind of mysteries. She solves mysteries. She lives in a big uh, giant corpse PI and uh, chases of. down mysteries in a pseudo fantasy kind of sci-fi kind of modern realm. What do you guys think about this book? Um, it felt like a really lived-in world, uh, which I really like that, dipping into something that feels like fully realized. You know, it's not just a yeah. premise. It feels like you're in a larger world. And... I know I said this um, about another uh, book we read recently, but it re- reminded me a lot of Copperhead, uh-huh. uh, which I love that book. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I had to check a couple of times. I thought maybe this was a video game adaptation or yes. this was the second issue of something, even though it says number one, but it wasn't. Yeah, I know. It, I felt the same way. Yeah, which is good. Again, which is good, to your yeah. point, it throws you into the middle of things. How'd you feel about it, Pete? I really liked it. it you can tell that uh, this world is really built out and it's very creative and very cool. Uh, also, some people get touchy uh, if you call them feline. So that that's interesting. That's true of humans, too. Yeah. Uh, fun fact. Uh, but yeah, I was really impressed with also the panel layouts were really creative and fun. Yeah, it just you could tell that the they were taking their time with this, and this was real kind of passion project, and I I felt like that really came across in how it was read and how well done it was. So I'm excited for more. 
And I also appreciate the fact they note this on the cover, and it's the same on the cover for the second one. It seems like every issue is going to be a done-in-one mystery, which is rather unique for comics at this point. So it's yeah. nice. You can jump in. You can pick up any issue and be good to go. Also, you get the back matter is fantastic. Yeah, there's you hear a lot. all about the pitch and how it was the kind of That's created. what I'm talking about. I love how, yeah, you just get the whole story. Yeah. Uh, there's some great little like cutaway scenes. It's cool. Yeah. Now, Pete, it's funny you mentioned touchy felines because our next book, the Bloodshot Free Comic Book Day issue, which doesn't come out until May, is by touchy feely Tim Seeley, <laughs> who has taken over Bloodshot titles. So this is a little preview of his book coming down the road from Valiant. Uh, what did you think about this new look at Valiant's most gun-happy character? <laughs> uh, I thought this really was over great- the plate for you. Yeah, I thought this was a great kind of free comic. Uh, get somebody excited about a new series. I think this is smart. This is a great way to kind of pitch this being like, hey, uh, this is our take on this. This is the new writer. Come check this out. I'm excited for it. I think this is a great fit for Tim Seeley. He likes uh, violence and over-the-top fun, so I felt like this was a good fit. And especially with the other Bloodshot stuff we were talking, we talked about last week that they're uh, featuring Bloodshot and Ray. This is like the complete opposite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bloodshot, and I've loved a lot of the Bloodshot titles for the past year or two, but they've been very much like Bloodshot in the future, Bloodshot in the shadow world fighting demons, Bloodshot uh, fighting just like uh, over-the-top impenetrable odds. And this seems like it's bringing it down to basics. He's a dude. He has nanobots. He fights uh, tech criminals. And that's what it's going to be. Yeah. And there's conspiracies in the background. And I like that. I think we've had enough of the other thing. It's nice to get back to those basics and focus on that again. But and Tim Seeley writes that sort of stuff very well. I feel like Tim Seeley's having sort of a little seeley uh lately. Ooh. He's really been coming in, writing a ton of different books. And um, just doing a great job at juggling all of them. This feels much more like uh, like a Punisher if he was just like leveled up a little bit. Yeah, I think so. Which it's about time, right? All right. Well, definitely, uh, if you've got the money to get a free comic book on free comic book day, pick up <laughs> this issue. Unclear what you mean <laughs> yeah, there. what I'm saying. Moving on to a Marvel comic book, War of the Realms, Journey into Mystery, number one. This is one of the first spinoff books off of the big War of the Realms event where all of the Asgardian realms are attacking Midgard, a.k.a. Earth, and a bunch of... Of disparate characters are thrown together to save Thor's uh, baby sister that we didn't know about for a while. Yes, this is a new baby sister. This is a new baby sister. Which I missed in the book. Right. I, so this was news to me. I guess they sort of give us a little bit of the backstory here. Right. I, uh, I don't know if this has been mentioned before. Maybe it has. It felt like it had, and I missed it. But then in the book, it may have just been new news that they were being right. sort of cool about. So what do you guys think about this one? You excited to read this? You excited to read this rolling off of War of the Realms? I mean, it's funny, this being the first sort of spin-off, it feels it feels like we're not far enough in the story to see shit going crazy like this. Yeah. Uh, because it's like random characters thrown together doing a crazy mission with like in a motorhome and all this. Yeah. It, this and feels a talking like, dog. And a talking dog. This, which I, the dog talks for this. Talked for a while. I like that dog. Cool. Uh, Thory. One of my favorite Thor. characters. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this feels like more of an act two. Uh, thing in a in a story, not to say it's bad because I do like it a lot. It just I was like, wait, 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 did I miss like so much? Right, because the where we left the first issue of War of the Realms is they're attacking Times Square, and now 
there's all of these different things. I like the detail that uh, Malekith and his whole team have been planning all of the angles and are attacking on multiple fronts. It isn't just the regular, let's go to Times Square, fight all of the heroes, we're done. Yes. Um, so that's good. But yeah, to your point, uh, people don't know about this yet. Like some of the characters they encounter are like, oh yeah, that thing that's going on in New York? Okay, that's cool. Yeah. But I like the mix of characters. It's fun. They find a bunch of literally second-tier characters. Like, they're looking for Deathlock, and instead they find Deathlock 2.0. They're yeah. looking for the Sorcerer Supreme, and instead they find, what's his name, John Druid or something like that? Uh, yeah, he's <laughs> the most random one where I was like, wait a second. Yeah. I But know. it's fun. Uh, it's yeah. a fun book. Yeah, I agree. There's a lot of fun stuff in here. The stuff with the Hawkeye uh, is great. Also, some fun stuff with Spider-Man and some... Fun jabs at Times Square and the superheroes in Times Square. I think it's a it's a fun spinoff, and it's definitely like sometimes it's like, oh, this isn't necessary. This isn't you know, it's just to sell comics. But I think they do a good job with this book. Sebastian Druid is his name. There, and this is written. This is a first time uh, comic book writing team, right? This is uh, this is by the Elroys, yes. I think. Podcasting people, yes. So I didn't like it. <laughs> the McElroys. The, yeah, McElroys. the McElroys. Just rude. I mean, if you're going to get podcasting talent, you know, I'm just, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. Uh, no, I think the <laughs> the bridge is there from uh, podcasting to comic book authorship. So watch your backs, America. <laughs> <laughs> uh, moving on to Ronin Island number two, also from Boom Studios from Greg Pak. We love the first issue of this, setting up a new world where there is a bunch of rodent living on an island. A samurai come by, warn them that monsters are coming. They say, leave us alone. A bunch of stuff has happened in this world. We compared it to the beginning of Avatar The Last Airbender, I think, mm-hmm. last time we talked about it. Yes. How do you feel the second issue held up? Well, it's tough because they introduced in the first issue a lot of conflict as well as the monsters that are coming at them. So I feel like in the second issue, they're doing a good job of dealing with the kind of split of, like, whose side are we on here? Uh, So I feel like it was a little bit of a letdown from the first issue, but I'm very excited to see where this goes. I think it uh, does a good job of moving the story uh, forward with also keeping the intensity of, like, the onslaught of monsters. I I was going to say it's surprising for me to hear you say it was a letdown for the first issue because the first issue was all of this very slow, calm character setup. And this one was like monster attacks. You know, there was even a question I think we had about whether there are monsters, exactly what's going on. This one was right into it and pretty much nonstop action sequence. Uh, Yeah. It's interesting. The, you don't, the conflict in the story is like, these people on the island, they're attacked by monsters, but they're mm. also being attacked by this political situation yeah. um, of the shogun and his soldiers. And then they're forced into this box where they have to do the bidding of the shogun soldiers while also defending the monsters. And then it seems like one of our two heroes then goes to the side of the shogun. And, so there's a lot of like there's uh, a lot shifting there. things yeah. happening in the midst of a monster attack. So maybe that's why you felt a little slingshot. Yeah, yeah, definitely did. That was... Uh, but, I mean, Greg Pak's an amazing writer, so I know uh, this is going to be a very cool title, and I'm excited to see what happens in the next issue. It does. It's a very, it feels like a very unique story and yeah. a unique world, so I'm excited to keep going. Also, we, the monsters see, are seemingly uh, indestructible, and they're not zombies in the traditional sense, so I'm curious to find out what the deal is. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. There's a lot of stuff that's brought up in this issue, and it's definitely a new, unique title if you want to jump on board, something like that. Moving on to Low, number 21. 
41 from Image Comics. This is a book that's been away from Rick Render for a good long while. Yeah. Finally back. I it took me a really long time to remember where we were, even with the recap page. And yeah. I got to be honest, reading this book, I'm still not quite sure where we are. <laughs> uh, so I can, I think I could do a quick yeah. recap All if right. I could. So um, uh, the Earth, uh, we ruined, humans ruined the environment of Earth. So sure, a bunch sure. of people went to the bottom of the ocean and live in domes. Right, right. Um, of course, there are these big suits, mechanical suits that are like, uh, that were the power in the thing. Only certain families could wear different sure, suits. Sure, it makes sense. And the very first issue, the uh, father dies. The family gets totally split up. We mm-hmm. followed the different characters, uh, a son, two different daughters, and the mother. Um, the mother uh, is still in the, in the dome trying to uh, research how to get back, and she gets a signal from a satellite. She wants to go rescue the satellite. Maybe that's the future for them. Um, right, the right. one of the daughters gets kidnapped and becomes a pirate princess. Uh, oh, the yeah, other yeah, one yeah, right, uh, yeah, goes to a different that. city and she becomes sort of a hardliner. Um, and the son uh, is sort of a fuck up and he uh, becomes a drug, act, drug classic, addict. And classic. then the, the mother and the son escape the city, meet up with the different daughters at different times. One of them betrays them. Um, there's mm-hmm. a confusion uh, between the son di- the uh, the son dies uh, and the one of the daughters then betrays them and is a, a different identity. Blah, 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 blah. Then the, uh, the mother finally makes it to the surface a great sacrifice uh, gets captured by people who are living on the surface of the planet yeah. and is now in a zoo where she is being Oh, that's seen. the mom? That's the mom. That's the mom. And is she with the pirate? Yeah. She's with a... Uh, he he was in the pirate city, but he's not a full-on pirate. Okay. He's kind of a pirate. All right. He's more of a Tarzan guy, it seems like. I, I guess my thing about this, the art, it's... Is it it's a pretty straightforward story. I'm surprised <laughs> you don't follow it. You're right. This is Greg Tacchino? Tacchino. Which Tichino. the art is... Uh, Gorgeous. So good. Absolutely amazing. I like this issue on its own, but maybe maybe this is something I just need to get past with this, but it felt like the point of the series was literally the title, Lo, this family that lived at the depths, bottom, underwater, humanity is dying, they get to the surface and they're going to save them. They go through horrible Remender-style trials and tribulations, and then they finally get to the surface. Hooray! But now we're still going. And well, she's fucked up. They got the surface, and it was all bullshit. Yeah, right. it's all bullshit. So I'm not quite sure where the story is going at this point. Like, I'm not sure what. Haven't you ever fought really hard, and then you ended up in a zoo, and you're like, fuck. Yeah. You yeah, spent a couple of years Every time I go to the Bronx Zoo, it's like that. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah, we have to go pick Alex up. Yeah, yeah. Is he in with the lemurs? What do you think about this, Justin? <laughs> I love this book. Uh, I've loved this book from the jump. The art's beautiful. Uh, Rick Remender, I feel like, is just after he left uh, Marvel Comics and started doing his own titles exclusively, he just put so much time into building out his character arcs. And yes, a lot of them are super depressing, but they're also great. And I think he really cares for his characters. And you know he's putting them through shit for a reason. And this book is the same way. I don't mind that like it sort of moved past the point, uh, the premise point of the of the series, because now it's in this. This territory where I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen, yeah. it, it, and it's it, we don't know. It's like Black Science, same way. Like that moved past the premise point as well, where it was like they have they can jump dimensions, it's like sliders, and now all of a, that book has gone crazy, and it's so good. Well, I would say that though has looped back to the point now that they're entering the end game of that book. They have another three issues there, so maybe Lowe will get to that point as well, and I'll feel like okay, I get it. I have a sense of the shape of this story. You need them to be underwater. Yeah. Yeah, if they're in the air, what's going on? What are we even doing? Yeah, that's you never trust fish because they're out of the water. Right. Fish always coming to me in the middle of the night and being like, what's going on with you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I've got to get out of the zoom. I think right now it's just, it's a little 
kind of crazy for crazy's sake. And I feel no. like eventually <laughs> no. it'll That's get... definitely not true. <laughs> yeah. Well, reading it, I'm like, what the fuck? I can't make heads or tails of you this. You think he just, Greg Carmander just woke up and was like, oh, fuck, what did I do? <laughs> I just think that it'll, I like Zalbin is saying, once we get a little deeper, it'll be a little bit more clear. Would you say a little, more, a little lower? lower. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't say that. Thanks for the setup. Are you saying we need to get high? Yeah, uh, yeah. Higher. I think we gotta get higher, and that'll become clear. Yeah, you gotta get high to get low, bad. I oh, you wow. gotta get high to get uh, the comic book low. <laughs> <laughs> Check. Let, that's that's good shit, Rick. Yeah. Let's move on to a DC comic book, Detective Comics number one thousand and one. This is fully introducing the Arkham Knight into DC continuity. Fully introducing. Fully introducing. Well, he was partially introduced at the end of Detective, Detective Comics one thousand. Uh, now we're getting to see what he's all about. So, what do you think? Good new Batman enemy? Frenemy. 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 We don't know. I don't know, man. It was very weird, the scene where they go out to brunch, and they're like, ooh, you're going to have more mimosas, Batman? Uh, I think that... Interesting. We don't (laughs) really know a little bit. We just kind of get them at the end here, so I don't know enough to judge him yet. So I'm excited to see where this goes. I love all the choices that Batman's making kind of leading up to this. It's really fucked up. All the bats are dying all over the place. Yeah. And uh, it Batman doesn't know what's going on. So I kind of like him uh, spinning his wheels a little bit to figure it out. Um, and I love the whole man bat thing. That was cool. Miss man bat. Yeah. And so I think this is very interesting. I'm interested to get into this new villains had a little bit and find out more about their uh, deal. It had a lot of shades of uh, Osriel back in the day after Bane yeah. uh, so. broke the Batman and he popped up and was like, I'm a badass and I have all this armor and stuff. Uh, so I am curious to hear more. It's by uh, Peter Tomasi, who I love uh, as a writer. This issue felt much different tonally than the rest of his run uh, yeah, leading up absolutely. to this. Yeah, absolutely. And in a way that I was sort of surprised about, it was like sort of like action and light. Like Batman and Alfred are sort of goofing around. Yeah, while they Alfred's try to... very jokey. Yeah. 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 Uh, but, you know, he's a butler. He has time to write material. Mm-hmm. Between cleaning, he's like... Working on his tight yeah, five. Yeah, he's like, I got five minutes I want to really nail Bruce with. Well, like, he's, when he's waiting for the tea water to boil. He's like, mm-hmm. let me just uh, noodle in my notebook a little bit. Oh, man. Yeah, he's always tweeting. You got to check out Alfred's tweets. <laughs> Alfred's Twitter feed's great. So funny. He reveals a lot about Batman. Yeah, that's <laughs> fucked up. It doesn't seem right. He's yeah, constantly like, hashtag Bruce Wayne. Very strange. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. All right, moving on to another one that's coming out. April 24th, Invisible Kingdom number two. This is by G. Will Wilson. Don't spoil, we it. Don't spoil it. The, <laughs> we like the first issue of this quite a bit. It told yeah. two stories. One of a intergalactic shipping com- company. Another of a intergalactic nun, I guess you could yeah. say. Yeah. And we started to get a sense of how these two stories are going to start crashing together. They continue to start to crash together this issue as well. Uh, what'd you think about it? Yeah, I really think that this world and this idea that they're setting up is very interesting. Uh, art is fantastic. Uh, they kind of, in the issue before this, steered us thinking one way with this uh, kind of nun's journey, if you will. Uh, kind of took some cool and interesting twists and turns uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited to see how this unfolds. I really like how this is kind of uh, setting up a bigger kind of idea. I just hope the payoff is worth it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I agree. I like this. Did we already talk compare this to the Fifth Element? No, not yet. Uh, 
the, the movie The Fifth Element. Yeah. Because um, I do think it, it definitely feels that way, both in sort of the sense of, bit of a sense of humor it has and the the sort of world it's built, the art sort of reflects yeah, that a little bit. Yeah, a lot of meat popsicle jokes. Yes. Uh, there's a lot of Corbin Dallas multipass, <laughs> yeah. obviously. Yeah. Um, which that's, that mo- whole movie is that, right? Yeah. 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 By the way, I don't want to spoil it for you guys, but The Fifth Element is love. What? No. Oh, oh what? I guess I, I, no, it's, I thought it was ice. <laughs> <laughs> it's not ice? Oh, that's right. She makes a nice uh, ice, a, a cube tray. She fills yeah, an ice frozen cube tray. margaritas. Yeah. Yeah. Those, yeah, snow cones. Oh, yeah. Oh, I guess it was love because they have <laughs> oh, sex yeah. in the end. Yeah, they bone in that tank. Yeah, for everybody As you do. It. I mean, well, if you're it's in a very tank. European. Um, it's very European. Yeah. This comic also feels like uh, European co- Euro comics, and I, I like it a lot. There you go. Last one we're going to talk about from Marvel Comics is Web of Venom, Cult of Carnage, number one. This is by Frank Thierry, picking up on the Carnage USA miniseries where Carnage took over a small town. Also tying into, as we mentioned, the overall Venom storyline that is building and building until a big event called, I think it's uh, not Maximum Carnage, it's Absolute Carnage, I think, is starting in August, uh, where Carnage is trying to destroy the Marvel Universe. They really don't get a break in that universe, I'll tell you what. Uh, but we get a little <laughs> bit of a horror story involving Misty Knight and John Jameson, a.k.a. Manwolf. Yeah. How'd you guys feel about this one? Uh, well, I feel like uh, this is kind of a after all the action issue where we're just kind of having... Uh, or before m- the action. Uh, Misty Knight kind of put some pieces together. I'm a big Misty Knight fan, so I'm excited to see where this goes. But I wasn't. I wasn't... In love with this. It was just kind of like, hey, this is where we are. This is the status. Some creepy churches. Okay. You know, uh, yeah. So Carnage was here. Carnage is here. Carnage okay. was here, man. Yeah. So are you he's big- always scrawling that on the side of yeah. uh, buildings and stuff. It's pretty sweet. Are you a big John Jameson fan? Uh, I'm more of a JJ uh, Jameson fan. Oh, you, you don't like, like the double the, J? The yeah. triple J? Yeah. The son doesn't really, yeah. He's a quadruple J, right? He's John. Jacob Jingleheimer. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, his name is actually my name too. No, I think, no, I think um, no, it doesn't go. It's not a quadruple. He's the fourth. Well, isn't he John Jameson Jr.? He, uh, I guess they probably don't have the same middle name. Well, maybe that's so how you have to it's do it. JJJ. So yeah. it's John. Is he, wait, hold on. It's Jonah Jameson. Jonah Jameson. J Jonah Jameson. Yeah, I know these characters. <laughs> Are you looking it up, Pete? It just yeah, says, I, uh, I think he, John Jameson, son of J. Jonah. So, yeah, it's yeah. uh, James I don't think Jonah he's, Jameson. No, he's John. John, John Jameson. Jonah Jameson. Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, <laughs> um, no, I think he's a new name. Okay, he's a fresh, he's a freshie. <laughs> Not an oldie. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think about this um, I thought this was Justin. Good. He's probably named Justin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There you go. That's the first J. Uh, I, I like this a lot. Frank Thierry uh, coming up with a, uh, some good writing here. Yeah, you like you like all the setup. <laughs> I like this. Yeah, you like the setup. Like you know, just it's not set up. So uh, Misty is going to find out what's going on in the it's book. Set it's a up. it's a flashback, dude. It's all a of lot these, of like you, here's been, what's going on. First of all, being the only person on the show who likes Venom and Carnage, I think you yeah. got to cut this a little bit of slack. Yeah, get dude. on board. Yeah. <laughs> We're on board. We're on board. Don't tell me to get on board. Get on board. I'll get on board when I'm good and ready, all right? I got to get my swimmies on. I got to make sure everything's (laughs) packed. You know, I can't just jump on board. What are we packing for? Do you have any uh, freshy swimmies? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I always carry freshy swimmies. Nice. Uh, So... (laughs) 
what I like about this web of venom thing going There's on. There's a lot of talking. There's a lot of talking. Shut up. There no action, just <laughs> all talk. Short horror stories, and that's what they're going for. That's what the title is going for. They are fleshing out the world and adding all of these details. Here we find that Carnage is ripping the spines out There's of There's a lot of sp- Focus on the spine. Yeah, which is clearly setting something up. Uh, But we also find that Carnage, beyond having an underground cult, which we found out in the previous Web of Venom uh, title, now he has an entire town as well. So this thing is building and building and building. And I love it. I love the tension of how big they're building this out right now. I think that's fun. I agree, especially with Carnage. It's so easy to be like, he's crazy. And so this feels like a little more... Of a horror take in a good way. Yeah. I, I was, who, what does he like about the spines specific? Because he eats I don't, spines. I don't the think spinal we know. fluid is really delicious. It's good fluid. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's good. Well, stuff. I think there's that, but I think there's something else going on there that we don't know why he is taking people's spines yet. Like, yeah. I think we're going to find out down the road because... Last thing we knew was he was taking little pieces of his carnage symbiote like worms and putting them in people's ears. So that was the horror story they were telling here um, to, to, in order to take over their brains. We don't know why yeah. he is doing this yet. So there's a lot of information that's going to come together slowly. And I got to tell you, like I said, not a huge fan of Venom, not a huge fan of Carnage. I'm really liking the story so far. Yeah, it's good. So you you like spinal fluid. Yeah, yeah, it's delicious. You drink, it's like a whalebone. You just drink it right down. Yep. Yeah, definitely. What? What are you talking about? A whalebone, that's where if you're in like New England, they give you beer. And all all I got to really? say is when we finally yeah, see it's like Carnage. like a big plastic tube. Oh, it better look like up. Woody Harrelson. You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. That's what everyone's screaming yeah. for. Yeah. yeah. Everyone in, in that clamoring goofy for wig. It. Yeah. Oh, nice. That Fantastic wig. Imagine being well, like Woody it. Harrelson's agent where you're like, hey, got a role for you. Cletus Cassidy. He's like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I don't <laughs> Just know. Let me I, do it. It's a half a day. I don't want to hear about the yeah. spines. Hey, real quick, agent. My pool needs regrouting. What can I do in a day? Yeah. yeah. Mm. Cletus Cassidy. There you go. If you'd like to support our show, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. at the People's Improv Theater Loft in New York. Come on by. We'll regrout your pool if you want to. What? Pete, you what else do you want to plug? Friend us on Facebook so you get to know about the amazing guests we have on our live show. Follow us on Twitter at Comic Book Live. Check us out at Comic Book Club at live.com for this podcast and more. And we'll see you at the comic book shop. Stay fresh, you oldies. <laughs> oh, 